Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. So um, today we're going to talk about something that, well, I've never really talked about before. We're going to talk about miracles. Would you say that? Would you say miracles? Man, this is something that um, maybe you've heard a lot about along your journey. And when you think about miracles, I want you to take a second. Think about miracles. I wonder what comes to your mind when you think about miracles. What are the things that come to your mind? I, I, th- I think about, for me, uh, I think about the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team uh, beat the Soviet Union, in, it, not even in the final match yet, and uh, the classic Al-, Al Michaels call of, do you believe in miracles? Anybody? Yes. Thank you. Um, I don't, I mean, there are other things I think about when I think of miracles. I think about uh, Sully Sullenberger, like landing that thing in the Hudson, right, this plane. Uh, I don't know, it's been 10 years now, but uh, landing a plane in the Hudson and really no injuries from that, that's a, that's a wild miracle that he would be able to do that. And um, I, I think about other things like maybe breakout revivals, like that happened last year at Asbury University in Kentucky, right? I mean, so... Wild miracles, saw, saw people delivered, people saved, incredible things. Um, I mean, an, another miracle that you might would think of is like the moon landing, or at least the filming of it in a studio. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get an email about that one. <laughs> oh, man. Nope. We'll stop right there. <laughs> Truthfully, um, most of us, when we think about miracles, uh, I think sometimes maybe we think in those, those broad, large scopes, but I think oftentimes when we think about miracles, we probably think about them more in the personal, right? You think about them in the way of um, maybe a child being born or a grandchild being born, right? Uh, we, we think about you, you landed your dream job, the thing you've just been dreaming for, and you, you called somebody and you said, you won't believe it. It's a miracle. I got my job, right? Um, maybe it was the girl you had a crush on, and and you told your best friend, dude, it was a miracle. She said yes. Um, uh, m- maybe for you, the miracle was hitting the mega billionaire uh, like Lotto. And if that's you, I'd like to tell you a little bit about an end-of-the-year giving campaign. That... <laughs> Just kidding. But, but not really. But if that's you, we can talk after the service. So I, I also want to address, like, because when you talk about miracles, all that stuff is good. It can be funny. It's exciting in a lot of ways. But today, there's, there's this weird connotation around miracles as well. A, a lot of people, especially in North America, don't really believe in miracles because we don't necessarily see them very often. And when we do, it seems fabricated, right? I mean, you, you've seen these, like, TV preachers, and they got this person that's got one leg shorter than the other, and then they stand there, and they pull their leg, and all of a sudden, it's like, level, it's a miracle, right? I mean, you've seen that. And, and, and so then people, like, attach that kind of crazy nonsense to God, miracles, all that stuff, and it really distorts their way of thinking. I just want to address all that and and simply say, listen, I believe that God is a miracle-working God. Signs and wonders are still active and in play, but man, when people take advantage of God and take advantage of hope that people put in him to provide fake miracles, man, that's the worst of the worst. That's not what I'm talking about today, okay? When I talk about miracles, when I mention miracles to you, um, we're, we're, we're in this series called House of Hope, 
And I want to put it in that context because uh, for the past several weeks and, and again leading up to Christmas, we've been talking about how we believe that this is called to be a house of hope. Meaning every week we've been leading through and teaching through the, the faith chapter, which is Hebrews chapter 11. And every single week we've been looking to find hope in all of the different situations and circumstances that are laid out in, a, in, in Hebrews chapter 11. And so we know that there's an entire culture that is looking for hope, and they don't know where to find it. And we know that, that this is a house that can be a place of hope for people. And so today, we're going to lean into miracles, okay? Uh, so if you have your Bible, I'll invite you to, to join me. We're going to be in a few places today. Uh, certainly join me in, uh, in Hebrews, um, and then we are going to be, let's see where else we're going. We're going to James and then uh, Mark. So if you want to book play, bookmark a few of those places, you can do that. If you have your Bible, that's great. If you don't, uh, Home Church has an app. You can download that, and there's sermon notes just plugged right in for you. You can follow along. Uh, the Version Bible app also has a live event, and you can follow along there. If you don't have any of that, i got good news for you. we got scripture on the screen, and if you're watching online or later, we're going to throw it at my feet. All right? So if you are ready for the Word of God, say, let's go. Let's go. All right, here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1, and this has been our root text for this whole series, and it starts uh, with this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This has been where we've been coming from because the Bible gives us a definition of faith, and it talks about how hope is a part of that and assurance even in things that we can't see yet. And so we're going to continue on. We've been teaching through this verse by verse, and today we're going to be in verse 11. Uh, verse 11 and 12, and so here's what the Bible says. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so for this one man, and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Now, many of you uh, know a little bit about this story, but in context, I want you to understand who the Bible's talking about. It's talking about this woman named Sarah and her husband Abraham. Now, these are people who are uh, from the Old Testament. God met with this Abraham and made him a promise that he would create a great nation through him and that he would bless the world through him. Uh, he and Sarah were already fairly old when God made this promise. They struggled in the waiting for that promise to happen. And then ultimately, Sarah, even in her old age, she was also barren. Uh, she was ultimately able to conceive and gave birth to a son named Isaac or Esau. And, and so this is what Hebrews is kind of referring to. It's talking about this woman named Sarah and her husband. And it said that she was able to give birth and it talked about how Abraham, even though he was as good as dead, <laughs> I, always, I thought that was hilarious, um, and they were able to give birth. I, I don't know about you, but um, I would call that a miracle. I know for sure that Sarah and Abraham would call that a miracle. And so that's where we're going to lean in today. And so I, I want you to understand, and, and if you're taking some notes, here's, a, here's something to write down, is that miracles are enabled because of faith. Miracles are enabled because of faith. So we're going to talk a little bit about the mystical today, right? Because miracles are a little mystical, if we're being honest. Most people don't understand it. Most people don't get it. And we're, so I want to share with you what the Bible says about miracles. 
Because I don't know if you've been sitting in a place where you've needed God to perform a miracle for you. Maybe you don't even understand what they are and how it looks and feels. So we're, we're just going to lean in on that today. And we're going to start with Sarah in this story of how this old woman who was barren, God provided a miracle for her to have a son. Uh, I, I want you to hear this, and this is something that we've been saying this whole series, is that hope is a habit of faith. Okay? Hope is a habit of faith. So when you have faith, one of the habitual things that you do is you carry hope with you. It's just something that we do. And one of the things that I want you to hear is, is that we have hope not just in the promise, because God made a promise to Sarah and Abraham. That's good, and I think that's awesome. But sometimes we get so tied up in the hope of the promise. But what the Bible said about Sarah was that she had faith and hope, not just in the promise, but the promise maker. See, so, sometimes we get so caught up in hoping for the promise that we miss that the promise maker is way more important than even the promise, right? The, the thing that Sarah saw, and we, we saw this early in Scripture, is that she was waiting on God's promises to be fulfilled, and it felt like it was going to take a miracle, and the Bible shared that a miracle did happen. But I, I want you to look at this uh, again. Can, we, can you go back and can you show us Hebrews 11, uh, 11 one more time on the screen? I want you to see this. And by faith, even Sarah, watch this, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children. Why? Because she considered him faithful who made the promise. Do you see that? Friend, if you're today, you're waiting on a miracle, you're hoping for a miracle, I need to tell you that your hope cannot be placed even in the promise. I think that's good, that's fine, but your hope needs to be found in the promise maker. He's been faithful from the very beginning, he was faithful to Sarah. He's been faithful so many years. He's been faithful to me. He's been faithful to this house. And I want to encourage you that our God is a faithful God. And he will be faithful to you as well. And one of the acts of faith is to walk in hope and create a habit of trusting God to be faithful. This is a part of seeing miracles happen. And all of a sudden, the reason that it becomes a habit is because when you believe something, at some point, if you truly believe it, you're going to actually do something about it, okay? Here's, here's how I know. Um, I can sit up here and tell you all day that I believe in being healthy, but if I don't stop drinking my Mountain Dew and actually go use that membership at the Y that I pay for, do I really believe it? Right. So let me put it in a, another form of context. As a church, we have these things called family values. These are the things that we say we believe in as a church family. And one of them is this value that, that we worship like Jesus is in the room. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a moment. It's something that we may say that we, that we worship like Jesus is in the room. But I, I just want to challenge you to consider, what would your worship actually look like if you truly believed that Jesus was in the room with you? Because I know some of you have this, this envisioned moment where you're going to step into glory, you're going to step into heaven, and you're going to be in, pre in the presence of Jesus. And you may be even considered in your mind that you would fall on your feet, on your face, that you would worship him, that you would sing, that you would dance. I I'm just wondering, if we believe that Jesus is in the room, and oh, by the way, he is, the Spirit of God is with us, why would we not worship like he is? And, and, and even in that, I'll go a little further, why and how could we as believers, not 
raise our hands and surrender, bow our, our knees to worship God. Even if, if we thought he was in the room, why would we not do that? But many of us stand there with our arms crossed, our hands in our pockets, or sitting on our, uh, on our tail, not, not even engaging in worship. And I just wonder, do you really believe it? Because if we really believed it, the reality is, is that when you believe something truly in your heart, at some point your hands will follow. Your actions will at some point follow. You don't have to take my word for it. James says the same thing. Here, here, here's what he says. Um, he, he, I'm going to put it in this way. Um, James says it like this. Hope being a habit of faith causes us to act by faith with hope. You might be like, what? Well, let me just read what James says. This is in James chapter 2 and verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says uh, of you, if, excuse me, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. The, I mean, the simple way of saying that is that faith without action is dead. Does it really exist? So when we put our hope in something, when we put our faith in something, at some point we have to put our actions into that thing, or is it really hope and faith at all? That's what James is challenging us. This is in all, in so many of the stories of miracles that Jesus performed. So I wanna, I wanna walk you through a few of these because I, I wanna really hammer this point down, and then we'll tie it up and, and we'll, we'll scoot you out of here today, okay? So there's several miracles that I want you to see this come to, come to play in. It's so how Jesus responds. Uh, there, Jesus is preaching, and if you have your Bible, go to Mark chapter 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jesus is preaching in a house. The house is full. Around the whole room is full. And uh, there are these friends who bring their, their, uh, their paralyzed friend on a mat to see Jesus. They can't get in the house. They can't even get around the house. They, they want to see Jesus. They want to bring their friend to Jesus, that he would heal them, that he would perform a miracle. And so what do they do? They go and climb on a roof. They dig a hole in the roof, and they lower their friend down to Jesus. Do you think they actually had some faith and had some hope that Jesus would perform a miracle? Man, yeah. Otherwise, they're like, we're going to have to patch the roof, guys. Like, Here's what it says in Mark chapter 2, verse 5. This is, this is what Jesus says in that moment. When Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? The, friend, the friend's faith, good, yeah. When he saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, you might be like, yo, 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 pastor, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But I thought you said that he was paralyzed. Well, the cool part is, is that if you go read that story, not only did Jesus allow the man to walk, he healed him, but he gave him an even more incredible miracle. He gave him the forgiveness of his sins. Friend, can I, can I just pause for a minute and tell you that so many of us are waiting and hoping for physical miracles, but some of you, you need way more than a physical miracle. You need a spiritual miracle. Some of you actually have never put your faith and your hope and your trust in Christ Jesus. 
and you are literally spiritually dead. Your sins have not been forgiven. You will not receive the gift of eternal life. For some of you, you're so worried about seeking a miracle of the physical that you've missed the more important miracle of a spiritual miracle. Christ Jesus put it on offer for all of us when he went to the cross and he paid the price for our sin, yours and mine. He died, they put him in a tomb and three days later he got up out of the tomb. He walked the earth for 40 days, he ascended into heaven and right now he sits at the right hand of God the Father waiting to come back and receive his bride, those who have put his, their trust in him. Here's what I came to encourage you with. You can seek all the physical miracles that you desire but what good are they if spiritually you remain dead and you won't get to enjoy it? So when Jesus performed this miracle, he he went a step further and he healed not only his physical ailment, but his spiritual ailment as well. There was another story of a miracle where this woman had been struggling with a a, a thing called an issue of blood Ultimately, for 12 years, we find out that this woman had had consistent bleeding. Not only had she dealt with that physical suffering, in this time, she would have been separated from her family. She would have been found unclean. She wouldn't have been able to work. She wouldn't have even been able to worship. She wouldn't have been invited into the synagogue. The Bible tells us that she had lost everything that she had looking for a cure. You think this woman needs a miracle? For sure. For sure. Here's how this story goes in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes... I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. I mean, what faith does it take for this woman to to go through all that she's done, to believe that Jesus, and all she had to do was touch him, and she would be healed? What an incredible amount of faith. But at some point, she had to push through the crowd. At some point, she had to go and find Jesus. At some point, she had to make her way through the crowd and to touch him. You see, friends, this is what I'm I'm, I'm trying to lead you to a place today. It's one thing to believe, and at least to say you believe, but it is another thing to act on your beliefs. Sometimes we struggle with what do we actually believe? It was a man who was looking for uh, healing for his son, and he says to to Jesus, will you heal him? And Jesus says, just believe, and the, the man responds, I believe, help me in my unbelief. He's saying, I, I believe in theory, but the places and where maybe I can't act it out because I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just not quite sure, he's saying, help me. For some of you today, that's the prayer for you. God, I, I, I believe. I believe, I'm trusting, I know you're good, I know you're faithful. God, in the places where I maybe struggle and I can't quite get there, God, help me. Maybe that's your prayer today. Today, could, could we maybe be honest with ourselves that there are places in our life that we lack faith? 
I don't say that to hurt you. I, I don't say that to condemn you. In fact, I, I say that to bring you some hope today. That your God is good and faithful in the places where even you lack faith, he is willing and able to swallow it up and to meet you. How do I know? Well, the scripture is really clear about some of these things, but a promise that the Bible makes to you and I, I love and I hold on to. Ephesians chapter three and verse 20 says this. Now to him, Christ Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Christ Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. I don't know what you walked in here today with, a place that maybe you're seeking hope, maybe you need a miracle in, in a place in your life, maybe it's a physical thing, maybe it's a, a, a spiritual thing. I'm, I'm not really sure. I know that in a room this size, many people walked in today looking for hope and maybe even needing a miracle. And the Bible says something really powerful. It says that to Christ Jesus, anything is possible. And by the way, he wants to work in and through you to do it. How does that happen? How does that work? Well, faith causes us to walk in a habit of hope. And when we have hope and we walk in faith and we actually do something about it, that's where God meets us. I want to show you a couple of these, these moments. But before I do, I just want to, I want to preface this because sometimes when uh, pastors stand up and they talk about miracles and they talk about some of these things. Uh, one of the things that, that we often do is we sway way, way hard to the right side of things of like, anything is possible. And, and you know, we get people riled up and, you know, and, and maybe even creating a, a false sense of hope. I don't want to I don't want to do that to you today. I want to be really honest with you and really direct with you. I, I want you to walk in faith. I want you to trust and believe that God is able to do anything. But I'll say something to you that most pastors won't, which is the fact that God can do anything doesn't mean he will. Man, that's sometimes hard to hear. God can do anything. Sometimes he won't. A couple of things I, I need you to know. You should know this. Number one is that miracles can happen, but sometimes they don't. It doesn't make God any less good, and it doesn't make him any less God. Number two, miracles are simply a sign of how good God is and is his way of reminding us of how great he is. See, sometimes we treat our God like a genie in a bottle. We rub it, and we hope he comes out, and we can just tell him whatever we want, and it's going to be done. Friend, that makes for a really great Disney movie, but a really terrible God. I want you to have the reality that our God can do anything. In fact, I want you to walk in faith and trust and hope and, and believe and carry the habit of faith that God can do anything. But I don't want you to be confused and I, I don't want to sell you some snake oil up here today to tell you that he will do anything. He may not. The thing you're asking him for may not be in his will and his purpose and his plan for you. 
So here's how I'll leave you today. Over and over and over again in scriptures, when we see a miracle, there's a little bit of a formula. Now, I wanna be really clear. I'm not giving you the formula to go find your miracles, okay? That's not it. But I want you to see how our God works, and I think it'll bring you some hope. I think it'll encourage you with this. The, the Bible talks about how our, our God draws us through his spirit. He, he draws us in. Uh, Revelation says that our God stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. This is God's spirit drawing you to himself. One of the ways that this looks is more aptly seen in the story of the prodigal son. You may have heard this story. This uh, son gets a little wild hair. He wants his inheritance. His father gives it to him. He goes off into a foreign land. He blows it all. He ultimately ends up uh, eating with pigs, working as a hired servant, and, and, and he ultimately has to decide that he's going to go home. And, and this is the thing that I need you to understand and see about how God moves and operates inside of miracles. Our God is able and he is willing at times. But as his spirit draws and he makes room for an opportunity... He gives you space to act in faith. He gives you space to actually move inside of your hope. Because our God is good and he's great. But this relationship is a two-way street. over and over and over again, it takes an act of faith. These people, an act of faith. Sarah, she heard this promise. At some point, I'll I'll try to keep it rated G, but at some point, her and Abraham had to lay down, right? At some point, this woman had to push through the crowd to get to Jesus' hymn. At some point, every single one of these miracles took someone acting in faith to believe that God would fulfill. They had to move. The same was true of the prodigal son. At some point, he had to believe that his father would welcome him back home and he had to start walking back to the house. Friend, I know you've been begging God for something, waiting on him to move could I, could I just show you a principle of God that your God draws, he pulls, he yearns, he wants to move in your life, but your God needs for you to take a step towards him. And in that story of the prodigal son, I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's the first message I ever preached at this church because it just means so much to me. But the son is walking and the scripture says that the father was standing out on the porch looking and waiting for the son to come home. The father was already anticipating, already hoping and waiting that his son would take a step back. And here's what I love. The scripture says that the father saw his son in a far off distance. And many of you, here's what you think. You think you gotta go working your way back to God. You think you gotta climb the ladder. You think you gotta get perfect. 
The father saw a glimpse of the son, took off running to him, swallowed up the rest of the space between him and the son. Your God sent me to encourage you today, take a step of faith towards him. Believe, trust, and actually move. What does that look like for you? What does the moving look like for you? What, what, is the, what is the actual practical, I gotta take a step towards God? What is that for you today? And I can just see this moment in my mind's eye where the Father, so loving, so patient, so kind, sees a glimpse of his son, and the Bible says that he took off running and the rest of his servants went out with him and they received the son and they scooped him up. They brought him back to the house. They gave him a ring. They gave him a robe. They killed the fatted calf. They threw a party. I just wonder for you what celebration of a miracle might be waiting after you take a step of faith towards your God. What might that be for you? If you're able, would you stand to your feet? I want to give you a chance to respond to God today. My prayer is that you heard nothing of what I said and that the Spirit of God spoke to you today. Our God is more than able to do anything. He wants to see you believe and act in that belief and move towards him. I pray if it is in God's will that whatever you're seeking and asking him for, that, that as you move to, towards him, he would swallow up that space. And at the very minimum, you might not get the miracle you're asking for, but I know that you will see and sense God's presence in that moment. I know it. Because he's faithful. The Bible said that Sarah enabled the miracle because she found him who made the promise faithful. What do you believe today? Have you put more stock in the promise rather than the promise keeper? Do you trust him at his word? Would you take a step towards him today? We want to give you a chance as we do every week to respond to, respond to what God's doing in your heart right now. So over the next few minutes, our team is going to lead us in a song that declares that God is able. And, and it speaks about what could happen when we put all of the faith in the room together. So here's how you can respond today. Lots of ways. Number one is this. Maybe you just need to sit back in your seat and have a conversation with the Lord. Maybe to confess your sin. Maybe to actually trust him and, and to put your faith in him. Maybe you need to come to this altar and just do some business with God. To bow here, to pray to him, to cry out to him. At the very front, there are two sets of communion cups. Maybe today you need to go back and remember your salvation. Maybe today you need to go back and remember Christ Jesus, who's 
body is represented in that bread. It was broken for you. Whose blood was shed for you, poured out for you, offers you the forgiveness of your sins. It's represented in that juice. Maybe today you need to representatively go and receive the Eucharist to take of the body and of the blood and to remember Christ Jesus in your life. Maybe you need prayer today. In this far corner and in this far corner, we're gonna have some staff and volunteers available to just pray with you. Whatever it is you might need prayer over, we wanna do that with you today. Whatever it is that you feel like God's stirring up in your heart, I wanna encourage you to respond. And here's the thing. I need you to understand this. This is a principle I've been trying to teach us as a church. Today was really around this whole principle that I don't know what God's got for you, I don't know what miracles might lay ahead of you, but here's what I do know. Your God is drawing you, and if you take a step of faith and a step towards him, a physical, practical step, you're gonna be blown away at God's presence over you and in you. You're gonna be blown away at how he's gonna meet you and swallow up any space that you feel like exists between you and him. Over and over and over again, miracles happen after God drew and after someone moved. Would you move? Would you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, right now we pray. We trust you, Lord. I pray that you would meet with your people over these next few moments, that your spirit would stir up in them. That you would draw men and women to yourself, that you would point your people to your son Jesus. That you would meet them as they take a step trusting you, being obedient, believing, God, that you would meet them right here, right now. Whatever is in your will, God, we trust it. But God, we believe for it. Father, would you meet with us right now? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.